1: KWTX at four starts now. And hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early here with Megan Boyd and meteorologist Camille Hawksworth. And The humidity, it's (laughs) just a taste of what's coming, I feel like, but I could feel it. We could feel it out there, and our hair hair could, too.
0: Yes. I know. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's that humidity, heat combo that continues Mm -hmm. to build, kind of giving us an early taste of summer. I don't really like it, but it's here this week. And I'm
2: feeling the allergies, too. I don't know if that's just me, but that's been big time. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I can't even get my contacts in. My eyes are a little puffy. Oh, yeah.
2: Sleeping with the, like, gel eye mask every night is me, so,
1: yeah. (laughs) We'll have more (laughs) on the forecast in a little bit. First, let's get to your Daily Four. And uh, you might have heard this today. Uh, Maybe you got a push alert from us at our KWTX app, but the Biden administration is sending 1,500 Marines and Army personnel to the U.S.-Mexico border to prepare for the end of Title 42 next week. The COVID-era policy, which expires May 11th, allowed authorities to turn away certain migrants at the border, and border officials now expect a surge of migrants trying to cross into the U.S. An average of 7,000 people try crossing into the U.S. daily, and officials expect that to rise. These service members, these Marines and Army personnel, they will not be in law enforcement roles at all. They'll be handling ground-based detection and monitoring, And administrative duties like data entry and warehouse support so that's what they're going to be doing they're going to leave the border patrol functions up to the border patrol agents who work there regularly it's highly likely though that some will be sent to texas no word how many will come to texas but this is in addition to an already deployed at 2500 national guard troops who are all along the border so there's already something happening there and so you may be wondering you know people from primarily central america are making this dangerous journey um and they're doing it because they want to seek asylum so what's the international community doing to try to address this original problem as a whole this is where most migrants are coming from what's being done to help them out and to help deal with their issues in those countries well processing centers are being opened outside the u.s in multiple places first guatemala and colombia and that's going to allow people to apply to get asylum legally at those processing centers and then fly legally to not just the U.S., also Spain and Canada, so other countries are coming up to try to help deal with this. It's a crisis, of course it's a crisis, Um, and we, you know, want to see these little children and and women and men making this trip, but little kids especially think how dangerous, miles and miles and miles. We don't want that for them, so good to see something being done to address the initial problem.
2: Right. It'll be interesting to see, this might be the third or second time that we've thought Title 42 is going to expire, and they pushed it back. I don't yeah. know if we've heard that this is kind of the, dun- the the real time, but I know it's been up in the yeah. air.
1: Yeah, I and mean, you're right, we have seen it a couple of times. Maybe they'll pull out something at the 11th hour, but uh, you know the rhetoric from the, everyone who's talking about this is saying, hey, this, this is it gonna It does feel
2: like this is it's happening happen for, real for real this time. Yeah.
1: So, preparation's underway, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, some more troops on the border. Actually, not troops, because Marines aren't troops. Marines and Army <laughs> personnel on the border in Texas. Now, number two in our Daily Four.
0: All right, this one is all about writers in Hollywood, and they are stepping away from their computer screens to walk the picket lines. More than 11,000 members of the Writers Guild of America went on strike today for the first time since uh, 2007. The union officially called for a strike after it failed to reach an agreement within the alliance of motion picture and television producers yesterday. As the industry shifts to more streaming, writers are seeking better compensation, streaming residuals, and regulating the use of artificial intelligence in Mm -hmm. film and TV productions. This strike means production of many television shows that we know and love have come to a halt immediately and while the start of a new season of other shows may be delayed later on in the year, that's also because of the strike too. Uh, Several night shows, like the daily, or the, several of the night shows, exactly, exactly. Those plan to air repeats tonight, again, because there there are no writers, uh, but they are going to show those repeats and support for their writers. So, they're at least doing something to say, hey, you're on strike, but we, we know what you're doing and we want to support you.
2: Yeah. I'm guessing they have to put something on the air this late of notice, but no writers, I mean, that's no content.
1: Well, and there's also been an effort to reach out to uh, in Great Britain and the UK yeah. th- to their writers' guild and say, hey, please don't take any jobs in the U.S. in support of the writers here in the U.S. Right. Uh, hopefully they can meet those those needs quickly because it's not just the writers. A lot of people are employed by those shows that need those jobs. They can't work sure. either. You know, so, uh, we'd like to see a resolution. But every couple of years, I mean, I guess, what, 15 years since we had one of these? Yeah, idea, like that? it seems
0: like it's been a while, but, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean. But a lot of the things have not changed since that last strike, and there's been so much that's changed since 2007 with our, the way that we watch TV. Streaming being one of those main things, and I know right. that those writers, they don't get um, repeat. Uh, the com- the royalties, yeah, yeah, royalties, commissions or anything like that when we continue to stream those shows, they just get like kind of a one lump sum. So, I know that they're at least fighting for, for yeah. better pay, so that's yeah. good.
1: Changes could be coming there. My yeah.
0: husband and
2: I say that all the time when we're streaming, like how are people making money off of right. this platform? It's, it's true. I don't know how any of that works, but... Good question,
1: yeah, I don't know. I want to make
2: sure the right people are getting, getting credit for it, because mm-hmm. you forget, but it always goes back to the writers. You know, you think the actors mm-hmm. and everything are funny on TV, mm-hmm. but it, it goes back to those writers, and we need them.
1: One time, uh, Tina Fey was, I think, introducing an award, and, and she said, someone asked her, what do you like in an actor? And she said, good memorizers, good <laughs> memorizers. They're not talent, just good memorizers right. to deliver those lines that I wrote. So uh, good luck to everybody involved, and hopefully you will get resolved soon. Now to number three in our Daily Four, and the stars truly came out to shine in New York City yesterday for fashion's biggest night, the 2023 Met Gala, there's Lizzo there. Uh, they came up with some really oh. eye-catching looks. You can see that one by Lil Nas X. Each year, the theme's different, and this year, the looks were meant to honor the late designer Carl Lagerfeld. So these looks were either designed by him or inspired by his work. At Tennis star Serena Williams there, surprising fan. She's expecting baby number two. Uh, WNBA star Brittany Griner and her wife Sherelle also went uh, just months after Griner's release from a Russian detention facility. Um, some stars also ch- channeled Lagerfeld's love of cats. So Jared Leto is in that costume. Wow. He showed up as Lagerfeld's cat, whose name is Shoepets. And uh, Doja Cat, who you'll see here in a second here, she stayed true to her stage name as well. I want to keep showing some of this video because Doja Cat kind of dressed as a lady cat or cat lady, not the traditional <laughs> <general laughs> sense, but kind of a yes. cat face in yeah. uh, a beautiful gown. Kinda so see the cat. It's, yeah, hopefully. So there's, uh, there's Jared Leto and. Hopefully Dozier Cat will come up here. So there she, and there is. she is. So kind of the cat face and, oh. uh, yeah, pretty amazing stuff. It's, it's so creative, you know.
2: Very creative. I saw a post <laughs> that really spoke to me this morning, and it was like an influencer online said that, I don't know what the Met Gala is, and I'm too afraid to ask at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I know they dress up, and you know they right. have themes and all that. But like, what do they do when they go inside?
1: Good question. And I, <laughs> I actually had to. Well, I think that I don't know what they do inside. Honestly, they hear from speakers. They eat some food. They talk they to each party. other. I don't party. Party. <laughs> It's, it's a fundraiser, I know that.
2: Oh, okay. For the
1: Metropolitan Museum of Arts Costume Institute. Okay. That's oh. a, I bet they have a lot of money at that, that costume makes, institute. Makes sense. Because, uh, but, but, you know, they do, I just am amazed at the creativity and yeah. just the bizarreness of, of what they come up with. But, you know, you're going to be in the social media cycle for a while with some of those looks, especially right. Lil Nas. Uh, we just showed you the top <laughs> half. So, anyway, yeah, it was kind of wild. You can figure own, that out yeah. <laughs> on your
2: own. I did see a photo. I think it was Anne Hathaway, and I didn't even—I didn't even oh, realize really? the Met Gala was happening. And oh. I thought it was a photo of her from a long time ago. Her hair was very, very 90s. I felt. Oh, it,
1: interesting. In uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah try it out. Every look you can oh. possibly pull out at the, yeah. the Met Gala. <laughs> Not number four in our Daily Four.
2: Well, it's time to brush up, guys, okay. on the five Ds of dodgeball, yes. which, of course, is to dodge, dodge. duck. duck. Dip, DIP, DIVE, dive and, AND DODGE, dodge AGAIN. <laughs> count
1: those on my fingers just now, okay.
2: Yeah, that's right. The sequel to the 2004 hit comedy is officially in the works. We're talking right. about the movie yeah. Dodgeball. And Vince Vaughn is returning to star in the sequel. It's an early development mm. with uh, 20th Century Studios, We don't know what the plot's going to be, apparently Vince Vaughn came up with whatever the storyline is going to be, but we don't know (laughs) what it's about yet, and there's no word yet on any of the other stars from the movie, of course, Ben Stiller, Justin Justin Long, Long, Christine Taylor. Jason Bateman Jason is Bateman. like my favorite character in that <laughs> yeah.
1: movie. Wasn't Will Arnett in it too, or am I making oh. that up? I think Jason Bateman was for sure. I know he yes. was. But yeah, it was that was a great that was a great movie. It
2: was such it was, a good movie. 2004, so this mm-hmm. is a long time ago. I mean, how do you guys uh, feel about sequels? Because
1: mm, sequels, <laughs> yes, remakes, ugh.
2: Oh, sequels.
1: <laughs> I can deal with the sequels. I'm just, sure. I,
2: as long as they do it justice, you yeah. know, like that's that's the fear.
1: If you get the right writers on board and the right people, <laughs> I think you'll be able to make it happen. Yeah. Um, but I really would like to see some of those, I mean, Ben Stiller, that rivalry with him and, and Vince Vaughn, we have White to have Goodman, that. White
2: Goodman, just an yes. iconic have have character. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, when I ever look at a donut and think about him shocking himself to <laughs> not, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's what I probably <laughs> should <laughs> be doing, I don't know, <laughs> be nice to yourself, be nice to yourself. Okay. Right. Well, hopefully we'll see it come down the pike soon, that'd be a good one. It's, it's one of those you have to watch one. every time it comes on TV, if you're folding laundry, oh, yeah. get a couple laughs out of it.
2: Yep. It's Very classic. quotable movie, so.
1: for sure. Well, coming up, if you have not made your Mother's Day weekend plans, Keisha Lopez is here to offer a suggestion to you. That's when we come back.
3: Thanks for joining us. As we approach Mother's Day, hopefully you've already gotten her gift, but if you haven't, K Zamora Enterprises has an event for you, okay? Consider this. The gospel stage play, Mama's Daughters, that's gonna be here in Waco, and here to talk to me about it is Carrie-Ann Tamore. So how do I address you? Are you like the playwright,
4: the producer? The like, I am all you? of that. I'm the playwright, the producer, the director, the writer, but you can just call me Carrie-Ann. All right, Carrie-Ann. I yes. love that.
3: Thank you so much for stopping by. <laughs> First of all, let's talk about this. Um, mm-hmm. a- appropriate, obviously, as we head into Mother's Day.
4: Um, talk a little bit about the, uh, the play. Right, so the play Mama's Daughter, um, again, Mama's Daughters, um, inspired from a conversation I was having with my girlfriends. I'm the only child. And I don't have any sisters or siblings mm-hmm. or anything like that, but she has several sisters. And I was just listening to the family dynamics, and it was just so hilarious. I thought this should be a play. And I literally went home and began to write that play. We um, performed it at the University of Mary Harden Baylor um, in February. We had two sold-out shows. Oh, wow. It was amazing. And one of the, uh, and the reviews that I heard, it's it's that it's relatable, mm-hmm. right? Mothers and daughters could relate to this. Um, whether you are an only child or you have a lot of siblings, mm-hmm. it's a gospel stage play. And so definitely we have a message in there that is re- that um, it, it transcends uh, mothers and daughters, it transcends age, mm-hmm. um, race or ethnic identity. I think anybody who has a mother will be able to identify with this mm-hmm. because in this play, you see your mother as a woman as a friend, as a person, and so, and I think sometimes we forget that our moms are all of those things. Yeah, so that's what you can get from this place.
3: That's really interesting. I was looking at your flyer, and uh, it had the word drama on there, and I was thinking <laughs> back more because I just took my mom to my aunt's house for Easter, and. Those women, you know, those two women—one's older, one's um, younger—and then I'm there, you know. And I can remember, I can just imagine my grandmother who's not with us. I can imagine that other generation being there, and and we're loud, we're country, we're loud, (laughs) you know, we're excited. (laughs) And uh, just, you know, the,
4: the dynamic of yeah. that. Uh, yeah. With mom and daughter, could be a little bit of It could, be, it could heads. be spicy, right? So there's definitely some spiciness in this play. What you see is sibling rivalry as well. The older daughter versus the younger daughter. And then there's the middle daughter that's like, where's my place in all of this? Yes. And then we also threw in some aunties. Mm -hmm. Because aunties also have that mother-daughter relationship with their own children as well as with the nieces. And so you see a lot of that. Mm -hmm. It centers around mama's keeping a secret. And the secret is that mama has a health issue that she really doesn't want to disclose. Mm-hmm. But her youngest daughter, Kimmy, finds out what it is yeah. when she goes into Mama's room and she opens Mama's Bible. Mm. She finds notes and prayers and some of Mama's secrets. Mm-hmm. And she decides, you know, the youngest daughter, she decides to reveal it to the family. Oh yes, yeah, she's the baby, she can get she's away She's the that. baby, <laughs> she gets away with it. And this is where the drama unfolds. Mm. So, and the drama unfolds with singing. We have amazing singers in this um Rose Short is who I have on my list here. Yes. Oh my goodness. Rose Short. Um Colleen's very own from The Voice. Yes. Um Rose Short will be in the play, as well as Cece Godbolt. Cece is from Dallas mm-hmm. and she's an amazing um gospel recording artist who's um top uh top and number four on billboard charts and so wow. she's also amazing and we have some local talent in here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, radio personality Stu Hype who's a comedian so you know there's gonna be some comedic relief in this yes. as well.
3: Okay. And also
4: radio personality Lady T. Okay. So yeah we have amazing people in this play. And this is going to be performed this time in Waco. It's gonna be in Waco this time. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Friday night May 12th mm-hmm. at the Lee Lockwood Museum and you can get your tickets right there at the Lockwood, just simply go up to their box office and get your tickets. I think we've got a QR code that people can get more
3: information and and access to the tickets there. Um, Anything else you want to say? about this. I'm just thinking all the different dynamics between mothers and their daughters and definitely, you know, um, your, your storyline, right. um, the gospel aspect of it. Right. Talk right. a little bit about the gospel aspect.
4: Right. Of so the gospel aspect of it is one of the things that the daughters re- recall as mama's health issue um, worsen. Um, they begin to remember the messages that their mom and their dad taught them mm-hmm. and they begin to rely on their faith. To help carry them through the different dynamics mm-hmm. and the drama that unfolds in the family, and they mm. realize that everything that they need was taught to them um, by their mom. Yeah. And so, in realizing that mom is a friend, she's a woman, she's also a daughter. But mom gave us a lot to hold on to. Oh yeah. Besides love, mom gave us faith. Yes. Um, and so it's it's incredible. It's, it's definitely incredible, and we get to enjoy moms singing. So C. C. Goldberg Goldberg plays i mom in there as well. All right, I can't wait to see it. All yes. right, um,
3: the play is again. It is May twelfth, uh, twenty twenty-three. What time does
4: it start? May twelfth, seven p.m. At and Lee so that's next Friday, mm-hmm. May twelfth, seven p.m. at the Lee Lockwood Museum, right here in Waco. And then I love what you said. I wrote down, bring your mama, bring your mama, please <laughs> bring your mama, bring your mama, bring your aunties too. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much
3: for coming in and talking Thank to you. me. And Thank and, you so uh, much. Break a leg.
4: Oh, thank you, very appropriate stage words. (laughs)